Welcome to Have You Not Heard, a podcast hosted by licensed counselor and author of The Perfecting Storm, Angel H. Davis. Join her as she shares stories of hope and restoration from her 30 plus years of healing experience. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking your own licensed mental health professional, but a source of inspiration for your own journey. If you enjoy what you hear, be sure to like, subscribe, and rate this podcast. Now, here's Angel. Hey, you guys, welcome back. It is good to be with you today, and my heart is so heavy because what's happened in our world in one week is stunning, as if the pandemic wasn't enough to stun us and stop us in our tracks, then the tragic death of George Floyd and all the unrest after has certainly done that. And our world is topsy-turvy. And as a Christian, I know that we need God more now than ever. So whether you are a believer in Christ, whether you're a follower of Christ, whether you're not sure I do believe this message today will speak to your heart. And truly, as a believer, as a woman who's walked this earth for about 60 years, I can say we have no other hope. We have no other hope. We can't put our hope in humanity because humanity fails us as obvious in this last week in so many ways. If we put our hope only in science, not that science is not good and valid, then we also have a little hope because as evidenced in science through this pandemic, you hear one thing one day and another thing the next day. But one thing does not change, and that is God, Jesus Christ. He is the same today yesterday and forever. His word stands true over time. In fact, one of the things that has given me great comfort during this last week and during the pandemic is studying his word and especially in Isaiah and some of the old prophets, minor prophets. But Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, if you look at it and you read it as if it were today, Humanity makes a wreck of things, and they make a wreck of things when they walk away from God and forget who he is and forget to trust in him and forget that there's a higher power named Jesus that can restore us to sanity and to equilibrium and to bring peace that surpasses the circumstances, peace that surpasses our feelings. There is an answer and his name is Jesus. So there's no better time than to press into this great pursuit of his presence and unpack how we do that and why it's important and more now than ever. And right now I want to speak to my believing brothers and sisters, those who believe in Christ, who know him, I plead with you to go deeper, 
to dig in more, to hearing his voice, to knowing his presence, to reading his word, to believing what he says in his word is true, and to be open, to be convicted of any sin, anything that might be in the way of releasing more of him here on earth, because that's our job. That's our job. We are to bring light into the circumstances we are in. We are to bring light into the people we come in contact with. And that light is Jesus Christ. So in um, Hebrews 4, 9-11, that's the scripture I'm going to be working out of today, referring to. So I want to go ahead and read it to have the setting It says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone, anyone, that's my emphasis, who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. And their example he's talking about is in Hebrews 3, the Israelites. And he's referring to their walk through the desert for 40 years. And we won't go into that in depth. But their unbelief and their hardened hearts are the two things that kept them out of the promised land. And the promised land for us today is God's presence. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of his sacrifice for our sin and the shed blood that paid for our sin, we can come freely to the throne of grace and receive all that God wants for us and has for us. And so that is the place of peace. It is in Christ and it is in his finished works. That's our place of rest that brings peace. It's where we trust what he's already done and what he can do in our circumstances. And it brings freedom and it brings joy and it brings hope and so much other. And don't we need that today more than ever? So when we anchor our trust, in the man of Jesus and in what he's done for us and in the character of God who is compassionate and loving and forgiving and all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-able, then we become part of the solution to this world's problems. So, Let's unpack that a little bit. And before I go into that more, I want to say this, that over the years of healing prayer that I did with clients, over the years that I combined my practice, I think I've told you guys, but I practiced 
psychology counselor. I'm a licensed counselor for 34 years, mainly in private practice, but also doing some other things. But for 16 of those years, I practiced straight psychology, which is good and sound and brings wisdom and it's helpful and it's, it's, it's great, but it's limited because it's human based. So out of my own crises, which I'll talk about more in another series, God showed me how he can be the healer, how the Holy Spirit is literally the counselor that he talks about in his word to come and renew my thoughts, which in psychology we call cognitive reframing, which we know is powerful because what we think becomes what we believe. What we believe affects how we feel and how we feel then determines how we act. So the power seat of our life is in the thought life. And so God came in, renewed my mind. He bound up my broken heart, the things that had affected me from before that were unhealed. And then I was able to know him as the healer. So I brought that into my practice. So for the last 18 years or so, 20 years, maybe I lose track of time. (laughs) That's what happens at my age. But anyway, I would say at least half and half. I practice straight psychology, then psychology under the um, power of the Holy Spirit. And I watch miracles happen first in my life and then in other people's life. And through all those miracles, and again, this is what I'll be sharing stories of throughout this podcast, but through all those, there's one place that God brought everybody to. If they stayed in the game long enough, everybody, no matter what their issue is, no matter what their life circumstances were, no matter what, he brought them to a place of rest. And that place of rest, I'm about to cry, I'm sorry, was the final healing. It's when I knew that they were ready (laughs) to leave my office when they got what they needed. Um, Because it's the ultimate healing. It is the place, like we've been talking about, that restores us to that intimate relationship with God through Christ. And so it is the healing he longs for for everybody. It's the healing he longs for us today in the midst of the COVID, in the midst of the racial unrest, in the midst of your cancer, in the midst of your marital issues, whatever it is you're going through, this is the healing he longs for, for you. And the Bible says, and I've witnessed it, you can have it today. It can begin today, this moment, as we're talking, as you're listening, today. And it rests on the power of the Holy Spirit, not on you doing the right thing, not on you knowing enough, not on what I can tell you. It rests on the power of the Holy Spirit and just 
setting your mind to believe what Christ is telling you, what the Bible says is true, and what Christ has done for you as a sacrifice is true. Let me give you a really simple analogy, and we'll lighten it up for a minute, okay? So use your imagination, and maybe you didn't have a great childhood, but you can imagine a great childhood, and maybe you did have a great childhood, and something like this did happen. But imagine you're about five years old, and your family has planned a trip to Disneyland, Yes, when Disneyland was open and we didn't have to worry about social distancing, all that stuff back in the day. And you have been anticipating this for a week now because your folks knew that if they told you any earlier, you would never sleep because you love Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and you can't wait to see everything that is there. And so you've been anticipating this trip for a week. And the morning of, it's time to go. You jump out of bed, you run out, you grab your little favorite teddy bear or toy, and you're ready. You jump in that car, you're ready to go. <laughs> and then you hear your mom saying, Hey, come back in. You got to eat breakfast, you got to brush your teeth. And, um, so you drag yourself back in there and you brush your teeth. I mean, you eat real quick, you brush your teeth, and then you're ready to go again. And your folks pack all the, have all the bags packed. They put them in the car. Your parents have already mapped out the plan. They know how you're, they're going to get from here to Disney World. They have the money you need. They have the reservations you need. They have everything. And all you've done is taken your, your excitement, your faith in your parents and where you're going, or meaning the excitement of where you're going, and you take your favorite toy and maybe you packed a little bit in your bag and you jump in the car. It's a silly analogy, but that is what God wants us to be like. In Matthew 18.3, he calls us to be like children, not childish, but have that faith of a child that our daddy, our all-knowing, all-powerful, all-able daddy, God, has plans for us, and he's worked out the details. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not a simple faith in the way of it doesn't have depth. It is simple because it has so much depth. We could unpack the theology of that and spend all day, but trust me, the meat of it is there. And he will lead us into those plans that he's already had planned. He has provision for us along the way. He knows which route to take, which will avoid obstacles, which may get us there the quickest, or maybe it's the longest, but it will be the best for us. He knows. He knows so much more than we know. The rest of God that we can obtain is by resting from our work. If you heard that in the Hebrews 4 verse, 
that it is finished on the cross. Jesus said it is finished and salvation through Christ. The word for that is sozo in the Greek, and it means healed, whole, delivered, and forgiven. So he has done so much on the cross. He has the ability to heal us. He has the ability to make us whole. He has the ability to deliver us from evil, from sin, and of course, to forgive our sins. And he knows every day of our life. And he has good plans for us. Read Psalm 139. He's intentional in how he knitted us in our mother's womb. He has plans and a destiny for us. But in Psalm 139, you'll see that there is an enemy that wants to steal our destinies from us. And our ultimate destiny is to rest in trusting his love, his character, and his finished works for us. And that's what brings peace, no matter the circumstance. That's what brings that peace that surpasses our understanding, our ability. That's what brings us into freedom. I had a simple example of that this week. Um, There's a sweet friend of mine, younger than I, very wise woman, on a journey of life, like we all are. And she was angsting over relationships and using a lot of energy, trying to figure it out, what to do next and what not to do. And, and man, I understood that hamster wheel. Um, you know, what did I do wrong? What is she thinking? What could, you know, just the, what a, what a, what a, what a, what should I do? What if this, what if that? So my encouragement to her, because I've been there and God has delivered me out of that for the most part, Oh, most days. I can't say I don't lapse occasionally, but I remember to come back. Um, was It was a call from God through the circumstance to trust him more, to rest in him, to wait and watch, not try to fix it, not try to figure it out, but to take a deep breath, to remember like Psalm 4610 tells us to remember, be still, and remember he is God. What does that mean in this relationship right now? What does that mean in your unrest right now? Whether it's financial, whether it's injustice, whether it's uh, you know, an illness, whether it's loss of a loved one. Who is God for you right now? Who can he be for you right now? Take a deep breath. Remember that there is a God who is over all of this, who is sovereign, who is also intimate and wants to speak directly to you about your circumstance. So she was able to do that. And then I got a text from her a couple of days later saying how much had changed in those few days as she just waited and remembered and rested 
and flexed her muscles of faith more and trust more. And things started changing. The friend reached out. She, her mindset changed. Um, just tangible ways that she saw God working as she did nothing. I'm doing air quotes right now. Nothing. Because we think waiting on God is doing nothing. And that's, you know, part of the rub, right? Because the world tells us we need to go, 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 go. And Satan tells us we need to do, 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 do. And God says, wait, breathe, remember who I am. And in Exodus 14, it's such a great example of the rhythm of resting and running with God. And I don't have the scripture open right now, but I think it's uh, 14, 13 and 14, or maybe 14 and 15. But um, I'll put that in the notes. Eventually, um, the Israelites are running for their lives from the Egyptians, and they're running towards the promised land. Moses is leading them, and they reach the Red Sea. So they have this huge sea that they can do nothing about, no ability to get across. They have Egyptians running after them with weapons and warfare, breathing down their neck. They are stuck. There's no way out. It's a God-sized problem. And Moses, who had intimately knew God, he intimately pursued God so that he had a face-to-face relationship with God, knew that this was a God-sized problem and only God could get them through. So he instructed the Israelites to wait, stand still, the battle is the Lord's. The next verse, the next breath, the Lord is saying, what are you doing waiting here? Get up and get going. So the rest of that story is God literally parted the Red Sea and made a way for them to get safe to the other land. And the Egyptians were toast, basically. So we are in the spot of a God-sized problem. Everybody's looks different, but I could say our entire world right now is in that spot in different ways. And we need a God-sized solution. And so what Moses knew is we first have to stop and remember who God is, rest in his presence. So that can be through prayer, through taking a deep breath, through you know, just that posture of open hands, as Kathleen talked about last time. Reading his word, trusting his word, worshiping, turning on music, whatever it is you need to remember that you have a God that loves you. You have a God that knows you. Maybe you don't know him right now, but he knows you. Every 
hair on your head he has numbered. The word says that he has your name on the palm of his hand. That's a pretty dang big hand if he's got all of our names on it. He knows. And we can know that he knows when we trust and believe. So Moses knew and he stopped and he waited. And because he had an intimate relationship from Christ, with Christ, with God, even though Christ is not mentioned at that point, um, it's the Holy Spirit is probably more accurate. But he knew God intimately. Then he could hear what the next step was. And that's all we need is to hear from God and know the next step because he's got all the other steps already lined up. In our humanness, we want to go to the end of the story. We want to know the whole plan. God doesn't work that way because he wants us to rest, because he wants to grow our faith, because we were made to be dependent on him. And that is not a negative thing. That is a freedom thing. Like a five-year-old jumping in the car with their parents, knowing that they're taken care of and going on the adventure of their life with their trusted mom and dad. This is what he wants for us, folks. This is the great pursuit, his heart of love for us. And in that heart of love, it's not just some kumbaya thing. It is power. It is power to change our lives, to change those around us. Romans 16, 20 says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Peace is a powerful weapon. And haven't we seen that in some of the things going around the world and all the negative, but some of those where the protesters and the police are taking knees together, where they're praying together, where they're looking at each other eye to eye as people, as humans, and hearing and listening to each other? Haven't we seen that peace be powerful? And how much more when it is rooted in the finished works of Christ? As my friend Kim said in her testimony, and if you haven't listened to that, you need to because no matter your circumstances, it will um, edify you and encourage you. As she said, God is God, and what we believe doesn't change it. And he's already written the end of the story. And we either get to be part of it or we don't get to be part of it, depending on what we believe and who we trust. But today, today is an offer into his resting place, his Sabbath rest, his finished works, the place where you can intimately know him, trust him, believe him, and in that have safety and security. This world will fail you. Your human people will fail you eventually. He is 
the one sure thing we have. And in that, then we become more trustworthy. We become safe harbors for other people to come to. We become hearts that are open to serve and to love and provide for others. We get to be Jesus's hands and feet on this earth. So it's a both and, and he needs it all, and he's calling us all. So today, will you believe? Today, will you not harden your heart, not turn your ear away? And let me add that hardened hearts What he's shown me over the years about that is that it is the hurts. A lot of it is the hurts from our past, the hurts from today. We've got to let him heal our hearts. And the analogy he's given me is like a human heart and the arteries connected to the hearts get clogged, right? With the junk, junk of life. And he needs to clean out those arteries so our hearts can beat purely with his heart. And it's like a heart bypass machine. His heart comes into our heart and we give back to him and it just keeps going and going and going. And we have a purified heart that way. And then we can truly, truly um, give away what he's given us and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which are love, peace, patience, joy, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, and long-suffering. So how about it? Enter into that great pursuit of his presence and the rest that comes from that so that we can be solutions to the world's problems, meaning we can bring the solution to the world in our spheres of influences. Today's the day. Well, you guys, thanks for taking your time and tuning in today. I pray that this inspires you to go on your own great pursuit, to get to know Jesus intimately and know his love and care for you. There's really no safer place to be, and we need safety in these times. So until next week, may God keep you and bless you.